Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hey there, Rebel Heart. How are you today? Today's episode is about the benefit of staying in what I call the eye of the storm. So what we're talking about is the term cognitive dissonance and We're going to be talking about concepts like duality, polarity, and the illusions of this earth plane and the trap that we've all been stuck in, in this matrix that we think something is either right or wrong. And I'm totally guilty of that. And I think one thing I've been thinking about is how polarized people are. I mean, we see this obviously in politics and in social media, and people canceling people out, and feeling so entitled. And don't get me wrong, I'm human, you're human, we all have things that trigger us that feel really hard and upsetting and unbelievable. But I kind of want to break it down today and go a little bit deeper. And I wanted to start with this quote by Rumi. I love Rumi, the poet. And the quote is, Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. I think that's such a beautiful quote, and it's so full of wisdom. What it says to me is that it speaks to this notion that when we can step away from our normal judgments, both towards ourselves and towards others, and when we can step away from our preconceived and programmed beliefs that we've practiced, we can actually meet ourselves. Like we can meet our true selves, our essence, our souls, beyond all the programming and beyond all the wounding and beyond all the things that we feel like are flawed about ourselves, And also we can really see and be present with another person without that filter of our clouded judgment brushing over or clouding over the actual truth. When we do this, we can step more into the limitless possibility and more into this feeling of true connection, both with ourselves and with our source or with God, whatever you call it, and also with others. There's something that I've noticed in society, and different cultures are different, actually, but like in our culture here in North America, in general, we tend to be focused on the outside world, on the busyness, on the plans, on the external. And so in other words, we're looking with our awareness and with our attention, we're looking outward and getting pulled by distractions and responsibilities and a million things that we need to do. So we're, we're constantly, and I would say this is true for all humans, but in other cultures, they experience and participate in life differently. And here we're, we get pulled to the outside, like literally outside of our physical bodies. But even when we're home and we're not being pulled by distractions, we seek distractions 
because a lot of us are uncomfortable with going within and listening to what's going on inside. And so there's this idea in nature where there's both expansion and contraction and both coexist in harmony and one is not better than the other. And so when we take this concept in nature and we look at what we're doing as humans, we're not going to the inward part. You know, we're not balancing that cycle. It's like if you're playing a game of tennis and you hit the ball to your partner across the net and they don't hit it back, there's no game. So there has to be two people, there has to be two people playing that game and just like an expansion and contraction. If we just have expansion without contraction, then the system is a little bit broken. And so when we actually go inward, this is what is needed. And so what that means is we can close our eyes and we can place our actual awareness or attention inwards and we can focus on things like our breath or our heart, any one of our chakras in the chakra system, which is an energetic system. We can literally place our attention inside our mind and inside of our brain. And if you find it helpful, like I do, I'm a visual learner. So I actually will look at the anatomy picture of the brain and I will place my attention inside the cave of Brahma, which is also the fourth ventricle inside the brain. We can literally go inside with our awareness. And when we do this, when we still ourselves when we quiet ourselves, when we literally like close our eyes and turn inward, we complete and we feel better because it's a completion into that expansion and contraction cycle of inward and outward that we need to do. And so many of us aren't going inward. And it's not that going outward is bad, but when we don't go inward, it's not balanced. And so today I'm really excited to talk about these topics because we're talking about duality And we're talking about polarity and things that seem opposite. And it's not that duality is bad. Duality is actually needed and it's balancing. So what's more harmful is when as humans, we buy into the extremes of duality without acknowledging or seeing the other side or other aspect. And then we get caught up in the story of one side or the other without seeing it from a bird's eye view. And we do this in so many aspects of our own life and with things in the world. If you really think about it, people get so caught up in their belief of what is right that they will kill for it. They'll be violent for it. They'll do all sorts of things because of that belief. And that's when it becomes harmful and dangerous. And I would actually say even more of that, a societal issue because we're so hypnotized by this notion that just because we think it, it must be true. You know, duality teaches us that all aspects of our life is created from this balanced interaction of these opposite and competing forces. And actually, the forces may seem like they're opposites, but in reality, they're really complementary. They don't really cancel one another out, but they balance each other just like a bird has two wings. If it only had one, it wouldn't be balanced. Same with an airplane. It's just the opposites are actually part of the whole balance, like the yin and the yang, you know, it's like the eye in the center of the storm. So there are so many types of duality, especially in physics, but one that I'm particularly interested in is emotional duality. 
And that is when we are able to inhabit two or more emotional spaces or identities at once. And this ability that we do have to recognize the multifaceted and ever-changing limitless nature of our being, this is going to bring us peace because we have a different perspective and we can feel more centered and balanced. And you know, no one in our life, we never really learn, at least I didn't learn explicitly, that it's okay to have two or more perspectives or contrasting ideas or emotions at once. I think that it's normal and yet we sometimes feel like something's wrong or we feel so uncomfortable that we need to choose and it's just not the case. There's this quote that I also love by Scott Fitzgerald and he wrote, The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in our mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. One, for example, should be able to see that things seem hopeless, but also can be determined to make them otherwise. And so when you hold two opposing ideas in your mind, this is called cognitive dissonance. And we often experience mental stress around this and discomfort when we try to process any new information that conflicts with our existing beliefs, ideas, or values. And when someone has a conflict, instead of changing their self-concept, that's harder for people to do. They will make the other person wrong instead of having to change and look at themselves because it is so uncomfortable. But my question is, how often right now do you think you honestly can or are able to hold two opposing ideas in your mind at the same time. So there are hundreds of examples of duality and polarity and and things that would cause cognitive dissonance, but I'm just going to give you a few examples that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Um, One is that I've found myself in is so I can be disciplined and create goals and I can be focused But at the same time, I can rest when I need and I'll accomplish more. So like, for example, you might hear one person or coach say that you need to create goals and focus and you might hear another say that rest is best. Well, both are actually true and they exist on a spectrum. And like another one that I'm thinking of is... I can be an expert in something, but still be a novice in another area of my life, working on myself or some area of my life in another way and not an expert. You know, I think so, so many times we want to have, you know, we don't do things because we think we need to be arrived and have a life that looks perfect and have all the boxes checked. But the truth is, is we can be really great in one area and still hold space for the fact that we're imperfect and that we're human and we can be working on ourselves in another area. And it doesn't mean that we're not an expert or shouldn't do that thing that we're called to do. Another area of duality or cognitive dissonance is the idea that we're born divine and perfect the way that we are. And also we can retain the right to be a work in progress and keep learning and growing and changing and admit that we're human and that we do fail and we do falter. And so it's this idea of like, we don't want to beat ourselves up and hate ourselves. We want to see ourselves as this like beautiful divine soul, but at the same time, realizing that we are human and that we're here to learn lessons. And so how do you hold both of those in your mind and in your heart and actually acknowledge both of them at the same time? And so, I mean, let's face it, it is really hard though 
to give up our attachments to something that we have a really strong opinion or belief on. Or if someone shows us something differently or we have an experience, I think it's really hard for people to admit they were wrong. Everybody wants to cling to their ideas so fiercely because they have identified with that belief. But I think the idea is that we are trying to live to be healthier, both mentally and physically, that we can try to live in this middle of ideas. So it's like believing in the idea enough to maybe take action and try it out, but not believing in something so much that it becomes too big of an anchor or an attachment if something else comes along. When we can acknowledge the uncertainty of our beliefs and still explore other opposing ideas or in general, just explore our uncertainty, we come to have known ourselves better and we have better outcomes. And there's science and studies that show that we have better mental health outcomes when we can consider more than one perspective or idea at the same time. But the reason that most people find that difficult is because there's so much discomfort in that. And our brains in a way, and as humans, we crave certainty and comfort. And so to willingly deal with a discomfort isn't one of our favorite things to do as humans and our brains don't really love that, but we can train ourselves to do that. And also, you know, in the creative process, there is perceived failure and uncertainty are definitely necessary. Anything that we do that we try to do as humans that's new, again, it's going to bring up that discomfort in our brains and in our bodies, especially if you're a creative person of any type, but also just life in general, we're going to have to have so much courage and patience and persistence. And we need empathy and openness and we need the ability to be able to deal with rejection. So both life itself and creativity require us to be willing to be alone with ourselves. And in being alone with ourself, the ability to be gentle with yourself and have your own back, but also to be honest about where you may need improvement. And also another skill is to be able to observe the world both your own inner world and your inner landscape, but also the outer world without blinders on and to be disciplined and focused, but also to take risks and follow your heart. In order to be willing to fail over and over, you have to be vulnerable and you have to learn to keep going. And this is just more examples of what we need in this life to be the most successful is to be able to balance these seemingly opposite ideas. So the way I see it is life is your canvas to paint on and it's also your mirror. And what I mean by that is what happens and what's happening on the inside of us is always going to be reflected back to you through other people and situations. And so therefore, by being in the world, you come face to face with more of yourself. It's wonderful and it's horrible. So we come face to face with our own shadow and with our own resistance and with our own anger and with our own lack of balance, with our own self-hatred at times and with our own ego. 
but we also get to come face to face with our love and our undeniable infinite spirit and with our kindness and with your vision of the world and with people that share your vision that want to collaborate and also with your strength in your guts and your resilience. So we're being reflected, all of that that's on the inside is being reflected externally through other people. So the things that you're doing to yourself, you're doing to others, and the things that you say and do to others is actually sort of a reflection to yourself. So when we get that, that's a hard pill to swallow, but that's a beautiful thing to take in and to be able to learn from. No matter what we've done, the day before, I mean, we, you know, there was an author, and I forget his name, but I heard him on a podcast. And he was on New York Times bestseller list. He was an author. And he sat down to write his next book. And he had complete discomfort, complete imposter syndrome, felt worthless, could not believe that he wrote a best-selling book and who was he to be writing this second book. So the point about me saying this is it doesn't really matter to some extent what we've done the day before. We all begin every day at the bottom of the metaphorical mountain. And what I mean by that is no matter what you've accomplished, we're always going to have discomfort and some amount of uncertainty or anxiety or fear. And there's going to always be your shadow, you know, the the parts of you that want to self-sabotage. But there's also going to be your spirit and your fire and your awareness and your ability to move through these voices and to feed those voices that hold you back less and to feed the voices and the wolves inside of you that are going to help you rise above all that and move through all that. An image that I'm getting in my mind and that I sort of had around when I was thinking about this podcast is I got the image in my mind of a couple things, but the first image was of a top. Like, you know, the top that kids play with and you spin it and it spins. So I was thinking about how I know there's some physics involved here, but the more momentum and speed the top has, the more that the energy of it is concentrated in the center of that top. And therefore, because all the energy is in the center, it stays upright. But as soon as the top starts losing momentum, it wobbles back and forth and the top starts moving around closer to the periphery and it starts to wobble and it starts going closer to the edges, to the extremes away from the center. And that's a good metaphor for what we're talking about today. And another awesome visual for me is, and you've probably heard about staying in the eye of the storm. So like if there's a tornado or hurricane and you were actually in the center of that, which I don't know if that's actually possible, but if you were in the center, you would be likely untouched and unharmed because you're in the center of the chaos and you're not getting caught up in the periphery or in life, you know, in the polarization or getting caught up in what's right or wrong of things, or the debate about who's better or who's worse. You know, the storm will toss us or even hurt us if we're in the periphery. So we would suffer more and we would get hurt and things would just seem a lot more shaky than if we were in the center of that. We would remain more untouched, more peaceful, and more grounded just in life in general. And so thinking about that image of a top and staying in the center or the eye of the storm. And so what that means to me, just to take those visuals and that metaphor, is that when our life feels crazy on the outside or busy, or if we feel like we're just 
going through so many challenges, our tendency a lot of the time is to hustle more and do more. And we get caught up in distractions and busyness. And sometimes that's totally, that's just what life is. It's inevitable for a while. But when we go a long time without going within, it really can be detrimental. But when we stop that wobble and we just intentionally cultivate a little bit of space where we can go within, we stop that wobble, we regain our balance, and we accomplish more by doing less by just staying in the center. So when I say to go within, that can mean a variety of things for you. But like for me, that could look like um, just a few examples is just being still. It could be like listening, just sitting still, listening and paying attention and observing my breath. Um, It could be just not talking and being quiet and observing sensations in my body. And it could mean just resting physically or it could mean meditation, specifically I love doing guided uh, visualizations where you're literally putting your attention or awareness in your physical body or on the energy centers of your chakras inside your body. And remember, a key factor is that your awareness is the same thing as your attention. So your attention can be where your eyes are looking, but it also can be where your thoughts are going. And your attention is so powerful. This is your consciousness. So wherever you shine your beam of awareness, that beam of light that is your focus and your consciousness, that is powerful stuff. So when you're focusing it inward on yourself, it's actually not being selfish. It's actually diving in to limitless possibility. And it's actually reconnecting with spirit, with God, with yourself. And we, as we talked about before, it's fulfilling that other part of the expansion and contraction cycle. So it's not to say that when things are busy, that we're not going to work or that we're remaining a passive person in our life, that we're just sitting on the couch and doing nothing all day. But I think what it means is that we're seeking to understand why this concept, when we put it into action, could and will significantly impact our lives in a positive way. And it means that we intentionally carve that time out to be still and with our awareness, literally just go within. Reading is a wonderful thing, but that's still external. So reading, I think for me anyway, feels better than being distracted with other things that feels sort of peaceful. But even just before you read, can you just take five deep, slow breaths, feel your breath in your body and feel the sensations? And I do want to just say a disclaimer that I know sometimes when we've had um, big T trauma, little T trauma, that this kind of can create for some folks a lack of safety in their bodies and you might not feel safe yet going within. And so I, I just want to acknowledge that if that's something that you're not doing or not able to do yet, like hopefully you're working with a therapist or a coach about that and being able to feel safe in your body again. But for other folks, it's just about taking a moment to literally tune into your heartbeat or tune into your, let's say you had like a a lot of rich food because you were on vacation and your liver has been working overtime. Maybe you just sit for a few minutes with your liver and literally putting your awareness on the spot where your liver is in your body and putting your hand there 
and just sitting with your liver and seeing what comes up and just shining a light inside. And so when we do this, we are able to connect more with our source and ourself and things seem to be naturally taken care of more easily and with more speed when we focus more with our attention and use our energy rather than to use external force. So what tends to happen is when we let go and when we kind of relax and go inwards, it's almost like if we were fishing and we had a bobber and you know, a bobber is naturally meant to float. You're a human that's naturally meant to float and bob around and have fun and manifest and create and play. But we hold ourselves back and down by stressing, by not being in the moment, by self-sabotage, by being too busy to go inward. And so we hold the bobber down when it's meant to float. So all we have to do is let go and the bobber will float by itself. We don't have to do anything to get it to float. So once we let go, it's almost like God slash the universe slash the energy field just sort of prepares the way for us And it makes it so that more of the right people and things and circumstances and situations are lined up just divinely and brought into our life. And we're just shown the way and things tend to move quicker. And so that when we do take action, the action tends to be more easeful and more inspired generally rather than hustle and grind and hard work and you got to beat yourself up. And, you know, it's like we can use our energy to pave the way we can use our awareness and we can use our time to rest and that can move us further than when we're actually like hustling and resisting and pushing. And there is a time for the hustling too. And, you know, everyone has their own rhythm and their own knowing in that. And again, this is where (laughs) holding that duality comes into place. Um, But just a good reminder that energy always precedes matter. It's a law of the universe. So for example, If you have a really stressful month and let's say you're grieving and you're not sleeping well, the energy of that stress is going to be felt in your energetic field first and then it's going to manifest into physical form. The energy field is sort of our blueprint. Like we would have like a blueprint for a house that we were going to build. You know, the house isn't built yet, but we can see this drawing of the matrix in which the house will be built. And that is what our energy field is. And so when we pay attention to this energy field and we work with it and we can, we can really move mountains. And so we can use our energy and attention to work with the physical body, but also with the external world and things tend to shift much quicker and easier. And so I think I want to, end today. I want to preface this by saying that I know that we're human. I know we have our opinions and it seems really real and really convincing. But one perfect example is how much polarization and energy and attention has gone into Donald Trump. I don't care if you love him. I don't care if you hate him. But think about where you stand on this issue because think about how much of your energy is spent hating him, loving him, or maybe you're neutral. That's one example. But where else in your life could you think about where am I putting so much of my precious 
attention into that's not really serving me and not really creating more peace or forward momentum for me? What is it? And and another good question to ask is what is it doing for you to do that? Like what it, what are you getting from that situation to be so polarized? And what belief is causing that polarization? Like maybe look, looking into the idea or thought or belief. And if it's harder to do about politics, I understand, but start with something a little bit easier. So just thinking about where in your life do you feel like you're not in the center of the storm? Where are you getting caught up in the chaos, in the distractions, in the external? And where can you and how can you start to go within more, even if it's just a few minutes a day? How can you start using your focused laser beam of power and magic with more intention and in a way that's going to serve you and to serve others as well? Okay, that's what I got for today. I love you. We'll talk next week. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.